So just like it's been said for a couple of weeks now, we've been talking about wells. And uh, we've been told that um, wells is, is about more than water. It symbolizes thriving community where the Holy Spirit dwells, flows, moves, and builds. And wells also, wells also is a sign or a symbol of a revival. And we can see that wells of revival are being uncut. Last Sunday, how many of us were here last Sunday? We saw the move of God and the power of God in display. And we believe that the same God is here today. Amen, somebody? Amen. Amen. Uh, if you have your Bibles with you, I'd like us to turn to uh, Genesis 26. I'm going to read a script, scripture, a few scriptures, and then we'll pray. Amen, somebody. Hopefully, my Bible works here. In the book of Genesis chapter 26, reading from the verse, my focus is the verse 22, but I'd like to read a few um, verses here just to give you an idea of uh, what we've been talking about. Sorry. My iPad doesn't want to cooperate with me. Okay, we'll get there. All right, so let's do some few reading here. Verse 18 says that, And Isaac dug again the wells of water that had been dug in the days of Abraham, his father, which the Philistines had stopped after the death of Abraham. And he gave them the names that his father had given them. But when Isaac's servants dug in the valley and found there a well of spring water, verse 20, the headsmen of Jerah quarreled with Isaac's headsmen, saying, the water is ours. So he called the name of the well Isaac because they contended with him. Then they dug another well and they quarreled over that also. So he called its name Sitna. Verse 22 says that, and he moved from there and dug another well and they did not quarrel over it. So he called its name Rehoboth, saying, for now the Lord has made room for us and we shall be fruitful in the land. The word Rehoboth means open space or broad places. And he said that uh, also defined it here that the Lord has made room for us and we shall be fruitful in the land. Today we'll be focusing on 
I will make room for you. That will be the title of our sermon today. Wells, I will make room for you. Shall we pray? Our Heavenly Father, in the name of Jesus Christ, Lord, we thank you and we bless you. We lift your name high. Father, we thank you for your word that we are about to hear. May you speak to us, O oh God, through the pages of your word. And Father, may you impart our lives. I surrender unto you this morning that, Lord, you will use my lips to glorify yourself, O oh God. So, Father, I pray that you will show up and you will show off in the mighty name of Jesus. And the saints of the living God shall say, Amen. 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 Hallelujah. So, I'm so excited about today's word. And thank you, uh, Pastor Van and Alicia, uh, on your vacation. And, and thank you for the opportunity to be here to minister the word. Um, so, let's get into it. The Bible says that it came to a time when God decided that it's time for salvation. It's time to save humanity. So um, he sent an angel named Gabriel to a young lady who was a virgin. Her name is Mary. And uh, there was a message that was given to Mary. But the Bible said that Mary was perplexed and probably confused about the kind of uh, greetings that the angel brought to her. And then she asked the angel, good, well, well said, but how can this be? I'm a virgin. And the Bible said that the angel told her that uh, the Holy Spirit shall come over you and will overshadow you and you conceive. I like the sound of that. Is God still overshadowing people today? Is the Holy Spirit still overshadowing folks? Amen. That is my desire that after today's service, we will all be overshadowed with the Holy Spirit, that Christ will be formed in us, that we will become containers of God's presence, we will become carriers of his power. Amen, Amen somebody? Amen. That's the sole reason why I'm preaching today. That we will all be filled. We will all become fire lighters. <laughs> we will become containers of his presence wherever we go. Amen. Amen. So let's, let's do some few reading here in uh, Luke chapter 1. Reading from verse 26, it says that, uh, let me read from, here, give me one second. Luke chapter 1. Don't you love these gadgets when they are working properly? <laughs> All right, so... Luke chapter 1, reading from verse 26. It says that in the sixth month, the angel Gabriel uh, was sent from God to a city of Galilee named Nazareth to a virgin betrothed to a man whose name was Joseph 
of the house of David, and the virgin's name was Mary. Verse 28. And he came to her and said, Greetings, O favored one. The Lord is with you. But she was greatly troubled at the saying and tried to discern what sort of greeting this might be. And the angel said to her, Do not be afraid, Mary, for you have found favor with God. And behold, you will conceive in your womb and bear a son, and you shall call his name Jesus. He will be great and will be called the Son of the Most High, and the Lord God will give to you, to him, the throne of his father David, and he will reign over the house of Jacob forever, and of his kingdom there will be no end. Verse 34 says that, and Mary said to the angel, how would this be? since I am a virgin. And the angel said to her, the Holy Spirit will come upon you and the power of the Most High will overshadow you. Therefore, the child to be born will be called Holy, the Son of God. I'd like to continue up to the 38 because there's so much in here. And behold, your relative Elizabeth in her old age, has also conceived a son. And this is the sixth month uh, with her who was called barren. For nothing will be impossible with God. Verse 38 says that, and Mary said, Behold, I am the servant of the Lord. Let it be to me according to your word. And the angel departed from her. What a powerful story in the word of God. So, Mary and Joseph had only one assignment. And the assignment was to host Jesus. Bring him up, nurture him. That was the assignment that they were given. And you and I, we are no different. We also have the same assignment. And our assignment, our assignment is to host the presence of God. Our assignment is to, um, for, a lot, for us to make room for Christ to be formed in us. So that we will be going around carrying Christ. When people see us, they see Jesus in us. There's a scripture in um, Colossians 1:27, which says that Christ in you, the hope of glory. And I like to say that Christ in you is the hope of the manifestation of the glory of God. Amen. Christ in you is the hope of the manifestation of the glory of God. That if Christ is in you, then people will see the glory of God because you are carrying the very presence of God. Uh, but somebody will ask that, but how can this be just like what Mary said? How can it be I'm just but a virgin? How can this be because uh, I sin a lot, you know? How can this be because I'm still struggling 
And then the enemy comes into your mind with so many things. Oh, you can't be this. The Holy Spirit cannot overshadow you. But the same answer that was given to Mary is the same answer that has been given to us today. That if we can make room for God in our hearts, then his Holy Spirit will overshadow us. The Spirit will come upon us. It will overshadow us and Christ will be forming us. How many believe that? Only three people? (laughs) Amen. I believe that the Holy Spirit will overshadow you and Christ will be formed in you. Now, Mary and Joseph did a tremendous work. Because when you look at how Jesus turned out, man, they did a good job. But the Bible said that when Jesus was 12 years old, as the custom was, they took him to the feast of Passover. Everything was great. Everybody was celebrating. But then they got distracted. And when everything was over, they left Jesus. They left and they were going and uh, they were unaware that Jesus was not with them. So they went day's trip and uh, they turned around and realized that, where is Jesus? They've missed him. And then they, they turned around, started asking relatives, asking friends, have you seen Jesus? Have you seen Jesus? But one good thing they did was that they turned around and they went back to where they had left Jesus. Now, I want you to stop and ponder for a moment. Have you missed Jesus? Just go deep into your heart. Have you missed Jesus in any aspect, any part of your life? Where did you miss him? Is it in your marriage? Have you missed Jesus in your finances? Have you missed Jesus in your spiritual life? Where have you missed Jesus? If you have missed Jesus, then do what Mary and Joseph did. Turn around. Repent. And go back to him. Because... The Bible says that Jesus is standing at the door of your heart and he's knocking. And when you say yes, he will come in. He said he will come and he will dine with you. I stand at the door of your heart knocking. So that will be in Revelation chapter 3 verse 20. Uh, The scripture says that, Behold, I stand at the door and knock. If anyone hears my voice and opens the door, I will come in to him and eat with him and he with me. So Jesus is standing at the door of your heart and he's knocking. Are you going to make room for him? 
Are you going to open the door for Jesus to come in? Rehoboth, open space. Just make room for God today. Don't let the enemy uh, rob you of your breakthrough this morning. Make room for God. Make room and allow Jesus in. He's standing at the door of your heart. Allow the presence of God to saturate your life. Amen. 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 Uh, I just want to turn your attention to another story in the Bible. Just uh, ponder over what I've just told you. Um, but then let's shift our mindset to another, another story, another woman, a prominent woman in the Bible. The Bible calls this woman the Shunammite woman. And in 2 Kings chapter 4, verses 8 to 17, uh, the Bible really reveals some few things that we need to know about making room for God. Amen. Now, in 2 Kings chapter 4, verses 8 through 17, Verse 8 says that, now it happened one day that uh, Elisha or Elisha went to Shunem, where there was a notable woman, and she persuaded him to eat some food. So it was, as often as he passed by, he would turn in, in there to eat some food. Verse 9, and... She said to her husband, look, look now, I know that this is a holy man of God who passes by regularly. Please, let us make a small upper room on the wall and let us put a bed for him there and a table and a chair and a lampstand so it will be Whenever he comes to us, he can turn in there. Verse 11 says that, and it happened one day that he came there and he turned into the upper room and lay down there. Verse 12, then he said to Gehazi, his servant, call this Shunammite uh, woman. When, when he had called her, she stood before him And he said to him, say now to her, look, you have been concerned for us with all this care. What can I do for you? Do you want me to speak on your behalf to the king or to the commander of the army? She said, I dwell among my own people. So he said, what then? is to be done for her. And Gehazi answered, actually, she has no son and her husband is too old. So he said, call her. When he had called her, she stood in the doorway. If the Bible belongs to you, underline it, doorway. Then he said, about this time next year, 
you shall embrace the son. And she said, no, my Lord, man of God, do not lie to your maidservant. But the woman conceived and bore a son when the appointed time had come, to which Elisha had told her, I wish I can preach. The man of God called for this woman, but guess what? She stood in the doorway and she said, no. <laughs> Some of us, we are standing in the doorway and saying no to Jesus. The Bible says that Jesus is standing at the door and knocking. Is anybody there? Can I come in? And she's standing right in the doorway. No. So she said no to the move of God. She said no to her breakthrough. Somebody. As we as a church, we as a church, are we going to stand in the doorway and say no to the move of God? <laughs> are we going to object to our breakthroughs? Amen. So now let's go all the way to the top and let's see what happened here or what we wanted to learn from this story. So this prominent woman managed to persuade Elisha to come and eat in her home. And then not just that, but she also persuaded her husband to get in on it. And one thing that amazes me, though, is that this woman said, I perceive that this man is a man of God. What she saw was the presence of God on the prophet. I want us to be like Elisha, where the presence of God will be on our lives. When people see us, they will perceive that we carry the very presence of God. That we carry the anointing of God. There's something different about us. Elijah has become a container of the very presence of God. And she told her husband, I perceive that he is a holy man. He is a man of God. And then she convinced her husband again uh, that, look, let's make a small <laughs> room for this man. Says, in her own words, let us make a small upper room. I think this is a place of prayer. And also, does this remind you of the upper room in the book of Acts where the revival broke out. This woman was very prophetic. She said, Let's, let us make a small upper room for the man of God. And then she said, let's put a bed in, let's put a table in, a chair, and a lampstand. Uh, for me, I, I believe that these are symbolic that the bed is for rest. We want the Holy Spirit to come and rest in us. 
rest with us. Amen. And then the table is for communion, just like we had a communion today. That we will be at a table with Jesus. We will be at a table with the Spirit of God. We will be in communion, in fellowship with the Holy Spirit, that the Holy Spirit will sustain us. And then chair. The chair, when, when somebody goes to your house or comes to your house and uh, you give the person a chair, what are you implying? I want you to stay. You are welcome. So she said, let's provide a chair to tell the, the man that you are welcome. The, the man who is a representation of the presence of God to tell him that you are welcome. Stay here. Abide with us. And then there is a lampstand. This is our free bonus. A lampstand represents the presence of God, which must be kept burning. And also, it, it also represents the word of God. The Bible says that, let thy word be a lamp unto my feet. And what light does is that whenever you bring in a light into darkness, all the darkness just dissipates, runs away. Amen. So we need to make a room in our hearts for Jesus and to say that, come in. I'm not going to stand in the doorway. I'm not going to block you with my doubts. I'm not going to block you uh, and say, no, come in. Uh, as I was meditating on these, uh, um, these scriptures and I'm praying, um, some words came and I immediately wrote it down. And it became my prayer uh, for the few days that I was preparing this sermon. And it says that, Holy Spirit, come into my life and rest. Commune with me. Abide with me. You are welcome. And let me be on fire for you. If, 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 if this is your prayer, let's Pray together. Holy Spirit, come into my life and rest. Commune with me. Abide with me. You are welcome. And let me be on fire for you. Amen, somebody. Amen. Jesus, thank you, Lord. So, after the, the prophet has come into this house and come into this, his own room, in the, on the upper room, he then realized that this woman has gone through trouble a lot to do this for me. What can I do for this woman? And so they started asking, <laughs> can we speak on your behalf to the senator? to the president, I mean, to the army commander, what can we do for you? And she said, look, I belong here. This is my country. This is my town. I don't need all of that. And then the, the, the servant of the prophet said to the prophet that, look, <laughs> 
She's barren. She has no child. And her husband is old. I think they need a son. So, Elisha said that this woman should be called. And that was when she came and stood in the doorway. Somebody, don't stand in the doorway. A year by this time, I declare that you will testify of the miraculous deeds that God has done for you. For some of you, your appointed time is even right now, and tumor is falling away from your life. You are being healed from the crown of your head to the sole of your feet. Somebody, you came, uh, you have a burden on your heart, and that burden is being lifted right now in the name of Jesus. I tell you, don't, don't stand in the way with your doubt. Just receive it. Receive that breakthrough in your financial life. Receive that breakthrough in your marital life. In the name of Jesus. Your prodigal son is coming back home. In the name of Jesus. Amen, somebody. I will not stand in the way with my doubts. I will not stand in the way with my own belief. I will not say no to the move of God. God, whatever you want to do with me, do it. Come into my heart and do whatever you want to do. I think that the praise and the worship team, they, they preach the whole sermon. I shouldn't even be doing anything here. Powerful songs. So in the verse number 17, the Bible says that the woman became pregnant and the following year, at the same time, she gave birth to a son. May we be overshadowed by the Holy Spirit for Christ to be formed in us in the name of Jesus. May we... uh, conceive with whatever we are desiring from God in the name of Jesus as we are even overshadowed uh, by the Spirit of God Mm. in Jesus' name. Now, before I bring my message to a close, uh, there are a few key points I wanted us to just uh, uh, look through or go through. Um, Key point number one is to for us to lay aside or throw off everything that hinders us and everything that easily entangles us if we are going to make room for God. We have to clear everything that hinders us. And some of the hindrances could be, could be doubt, it could be distractions, like in the case of Mary and Joseph, it can be unforgiveness. And you and I, we are aware of the very things that easily brings us down. Throw them off. Lay them aside. And the point number two 
is to repent and to turn to God. I like the scripture in Acts, the book of Acts chapter 3, verses 19 and 20. It says that, now repent of your sins and turn to God so that your sins may be wiped away. Verse 20 says that then times of refreshment will come from the presence of the Lord and he will again send you Jesus, your appointed Messiah. It is amazing how uh, the presence of God is linked with repentance. And repentance must not just be a one-time act. It should be our lifestyle where we are daily turning to God. Daily turning to God. When, when, and every, we will be successful in certain areas of our life where we are, we are fully turned to God. But in other areas too, we may be far behind. So uh, once you finish with the first one, you go to the second one. Turning, daily turning. Turning towards God. And that's what Mary and Joseph did. And I like that about them. They turned around. They realized they were missing it. They turned around. They retraced their steps. Come back to Jesus. Come back to Jesus. Now, I was actually, um, when I read the scripture in... um, Revelations 3, uh, verses 20. I went back to look through some of the commentaries and I think uh, what I read over there really impressed me or impacted me. I'd like to read that to you. It says that this verse is often cited as an invitation for unsaved individuals who have yet to receive spiritual salvation and personal relationship with God through faith in Jesus Christ. However, while that is a valid invitation, we must also keep in mind that Christ originally gave this message to a church whose people had neglected their relationship with Christ and were out of touch with him. The church in Laodicea had excluded the Lord Jesus Christ from its congregation. May that not be so with Grace Church. Christ's invitation spoken from outside the door is a request for renewed companionship with any individual who would turn from his or her own way and return to a devoted faith and renew passion for Christ. Christ's invitation is to sit down at the table uh, with them and share spiritual nourishment. Amen. Isn't that powerful? So God wanted to have uh, companionship. He wants to have a relationship with us where we can be nourished from within that out of our bellies shall flow rivers of living water. Amen. Amen. Where am I in my notes? So the third point is that when we make room for God, 
people will perceive the presence of God in our lives. Just like Elijah, Elisha, the woman was able to see that he was an holy man because Elisha had made room for, for the presence of God to dwell on his life. Now, um, when you look through the book of Acts also, you see people like uh, Peter. The Bible talks about Peter in the book of Matthew where uh, a slave girl saw her, him and said that, oh, you, I know you, you you've been with Jesus. And he said, me? No, I don't know him. I've never even, our paths have not even crossed. And he lied because he was so fearful. He was in fear. But when he had that upper room encounter with Jesus, with the Holy Spirit, with the presence of God, everything about him changed. So the Bible said that uh, uh, I mean, Peter will pray for people and they will be healed. Miracles were happening and that, those miracles spread through the, the towns and the cities. So somebody decided to do a research work where they started like investigative works trying to look at what Peter does on a daily basis. And they realized that this man Peter <laughs> goes to the temple at certain times of the day to pray. So they said, no, you know what? We are not going to disturb this man at all. We wouldn't even let him know that we are there. So what he decided to do was to uh, bring all the sick folks and they just lined them up on his path. You do whatever you do. And then the Bible said that his shadow will fall on these folks and then they will just begin to be healed. And this was going on, and on, and on, and on. It's shadow again. For, for, for Paul, the Bible talks about him doing miracles. Then he, start, he graduated from doing miracles to extraordinary miracles. These are men who made room for God. Can we make room for Jesus tonight, uh, this morning? Can you make room for Jesus this morning? Can you make room for the presence of God this morning? Amen, somebody. He's here. God, the fourth point is that God should be your number one desire. And it is him that you should seek. Amen. Amen. Uh, I have one more thing to do and then we will pray. I believe that God is going to touch lives this morning. Um, just wanted to look at some of the benefits of making room for God. And uh, benefit number one is uh, blessings and prosperity. Um, and when you read the book of Psalms, 2 Psalm chapter 6, it talks about a very beautiful story um, where um, the Israelites have gone to take the ark of God to bring, him, bring it into the city of David. And the Bible says that there was a man whose name is, um, Huza, I might butcher the name, Huza. And so he unnecessarily touched the ark of God. 
and God strike him dead. So now there was fear. And they decided that, look, we cannot take the ark to the city of David. So guess what they did? They took it to uh, a poor man's home, nobody's home. And what this man did was he gladly accepted the presence of God. Now the ark of God carries the very presence of God. And then within three months, people noticed, people began to see difference. Hey, go and look at Obed-Edom's house. Now everything that he touches turns to gold. Everything is being, the man is flourishing, the man is being blessed, his children are all being blessed. Now he drives in Ferrari and all that. (laughs) That was for free. (laughs) Amen. God was blessing this man left and right. Up and down, he was, the blessings was chasing him and overtaking him. And they went and told David, you should go and see Obed-Edom's house. Immediately he said, let's go and get the ark. <laughs> so when you make room for the presence of God, blessings, prosperity will, will chase you and overtake you just like Obed-Edom. I encourage you to read that story. It's in 2 Samuel chapter 6. And just read the verse 11 and 12 and you see what I'm talking about then. The other things that happen when we allow, we make room for God is that miracles begin to happen in our lives. Miracles. Things that we have not even asked for. You see it happening. And... Uh, um, You'll be blessed and blessed. Miracles upon miracles. And and then extraordinary miracles. Uh, The other thing that happens or as a benefit is fullness of joy. The Bible says that in your presence, there's fullness of joy. And at your right hand are pleasures forevermore. And then finally, out of our bellies shall flow Rivers of living water. Shall we all be on our feet? Can somebody play? Thank you. I just want you to be in a posture to receive from God today. All eyes closed. Just want you to open your heart and receive from God. I want you to tell God that you are opening your heart. You are making room for him. Begin to communicate with God. Tell him the things that you are throwing off, the things that you are laying aside for him to come in. You will not stand in the doorway with any doubt. You will not stand in the doorway and say no. You will not object to your own breakthrough. Receive. Receive. 
receive your healing now. There is uh, somebody with a, a pain in the left foot. It's towards the thumb. That, that is being healed right now. Receive it. Also, right, right shoulder. Right shoulder. You, you've been feeling pains for about a week now. That is being healed right now. In the name of Jesus, receive that. Receive that healing. Receive it. Receive it. Receive it. Receive it. Mm. You came here with a, a huge burden. You, you, you don't feel like even sharing with anybody. But the Lord knows it. That burden is being lifted off. That burden is being lifted off. Shall we raise our hands? That burden is being lifted off. In the name of Jesus. Oh. Walls of shame are just falling off. Walls of shame are being falling, are falling off. Walls of disappointments are falling off. I see tumor falling off. Um, but on Friday, I was sharing with the prayer group there. I had a, a dream where somebody came to me crying and said, just hugged me and said, um, they said I should uh, inherit my mother's uh, uh, genes and all of that. Now see, my mother has cancer in the breast and the person was crying. And then immediately I just woke up and I prayed, and we also prayed in the, in, the, in the meeting. I believe that breast cancer is being healed in the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. This whole place is saturated with the presence of God. Wherever you are, this whole place is filled with the very presence of God. God will touch you wherever you are. Receive it. Remember, you don't have to stand in the doorway and say no. Just make room in your heart for God to move in. Jesus, Father, we thank you. God, we bless you. We lift your name high. There are so many things I've not mentioned here, but God is doing something. God is doing something. God is doing something. Receive it wherever you are. Receive it. Receive it. Receive it. In the name of Jesus.
God, we bless you. And we lift your name high. And those on online, receive it also. Receive it. Receive it. In the name of Jesus. In the spiritual realm, there is no distance. Father, we bless you. What a wonderful God we have. What a miraculous God we have. Oh, we thank you for the testimonies of God. God, we thank you. Thank you, Jesus. 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 Let's continue to close our eyes. If you are here and you don't know this Jesus we are talking about, but you want him in your heart to be your Lord and your personal Savior, you can raise your hand if you are the one who wants to receive Jesus into your life. I don't see any hands, but for the sake of those online, shall we all pray this prayer? Lord Jesus, I invite you into my heart today. Come and be Lord and be my Savior. May you drive out every darkness in my heart and fill me with your Holy Spirit. In Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Oh, shall we give a hand clap unto Jesus?